I love the confirmation of the Lord. Hallelujah. I love, I love to know that God is with me. Uh, I love to know God's around. I definitely believe him in his word when he says that he's with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. But I just love the presence of God. I love that little deer when I'm driving and I'm believing God for something. You know, when you rarely see deer, you know, that there's that little deer on the road. You know, I, I've had it where a deer would run down the road beside my car. You know, uh, I remember going to Africa and... Um, I believe in miracles. I remember going to Africa and ministering with, uh, with Pastor Ian and after a long uh, trip of ministry and spending a day or two just kind of unwinding before we came back, back to Canada, I remember um, you know, opening the back curtains of the room that we were in and my backyard was full of African deer. <laughs> and you know, uh, you know, it was kind of like God's message to me saying, well done. Well done and thank you. And you know, when Pastor Alex was hitting those drums, I don't know if you noticed a shift because when, when you start thinking like that, that you're looking for God. Now we know that God is in us. We know what his word says. That doesn't change things. But we're just looking, you know, for those, those things in life that make him more real, that make him more tangible, that make him alive. So many times, you know, we hear messages that will tell us, you know, Christianity is about a relationship. Christianity is about an encounter. And, and, and what we're doing is we're coming and going from meetings and we're hearing, you know, about black words on a white page. But when we endeavor to look for God and, and listen for God, you know, you open up your curtains in the morning. Maybe there's a bird that's there that singing to, I don't know what it is in your life. But I'm encouraging you this morning to just begin to, to look for him. Begin to ask him to speak to you. Begin to show, ask him to show himself strong and mighty on your behalf. Because, you know, when I heard, I, I heard two very interesting things that were happening in worship today. I could hear the, the stillness and the gentleness of God, the depth of his love. And, I, and then through Pastor Alex's drums, I could hear a God who is fervent and a God who will stop at nothing where his children are concerned. Can I tell you, God's desire is that we would know him in that light, that we would know him in that capacity, that there would be that absoluteness inside of us about his nature, about who he is that we would allow him to reveal himself, as I said. And as he does that, hallelujah, life just, life gets better and better. It begins to change. The scripture becomes realer and realer, more and more exciting. It puts a smile on your face and a skip in your step. Hallelujah. And nobody's asking you to do it, but you're passionate for the one who is passionately pursuing you. I don't know if you know that about him this morning. He is in passionate pursuit of each one of us. He is desperately, desperately desiring to, to reveal truth to each one of our hearts so that there would be an alignment and he could be father. He could be that good, good father. The Bible says that the eyes of God are running through the whole earth looking for the one who is faithful. Not because God is, is grading us or judging us or looking for faithfulness, but he knows 
that faithful, a life that is faithful, is a life where God is seen and known and felt and heard. A life where God is allowed to move and do what he desires to do, to be God. To be God. So when you hear these messages, you know, as pastor's been, you know, teaching us about honoring and reverencing the words of God in the Old Testament and how they're all words that God has spoken and they're all words of value. They're all words of life. Hallelujah. We, we just allow, you know, we don't allow our minds to go tilt, tilt, tilt. That's old, that's new. I don't get it. I don't understand the deer. What the heck are you talking about? Deer's running down the road and birds singing to you in the morning. That's just weird, Pastor Tina. Yes, maybe so. <laughs> but I love Jesus. And I'm still going strong. In the name of Jesus, you can't go strong if he's not real to you. That's right. You can't keep going strong if he's not real to you. Because life's got stuff. Anybody got stuff? Huh? You got some stuff this morning. Maybe stuff you didn't expect, kind of, you know, Sideswiped you. He is in passionate pursuit. And it's our responsibility, our job, to do everything we can to make him real. Because he's real. And his word is true. And his word has life. That's the truth. And when the Bible says something, it is true. I heard a testimony this morning of a woman who went to the doctor. She had stage four ovarian cancer and she called up her husband and basically said you know what are we going to do honey and he said we're going to get another opinion and we're going to pray and so they went home and they prayed and they did due diligence they went back back to the doctor and it took a few weeks to get the report but no signs of cancer and she said you know they want to say that oh it must have been a mistake oh there was something wrong with the you know the equipment oh 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 no Oh, oh no, that's the word of God. That's my God. That's the healing power of my God. Hallelujah. I just feel so much this morning. If you're sitting on the fence, there's an anointing of God that's going to kick you off in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says God's desire is that we would be hot or that we would be cold. He wants us to love him and pursue him with all of our lives passionately and let him be God in our lives or he would rather us wait till we're ready and hopefully it's not too late than to be that person that sits on the fence and knows about him but refuses to just decide. God is God. His word is true. If he said it, it means it. He can't lie. There's no shadow of turning in him. There's life in the word of God. It changes us every time. Blake Healy said, there's not a time that I've ever seen somebody pray a prayer and something not happen. Wow. There's not a time that I've ever seen as I look into the spirit. There's not a time that I've ever seen someone pray a prayer big or small and something 
not change. Something not happen. Why? Because we're so great? Because he's so great. Those drums beat. Was that, is that the right? You know, sometimes you're up here and you're like, beaded, bet. What's the word? They beat. The beat of the heart was the heart of God this morning in hot pursuit to bring vengeance and justice. Oh, the heart of God yearns that they would do Deuteronomy 5. I believe it is 29. Oh, that they would have such a heart in them to know me. The cry of the heart of our Father. Oh, it yearns. Oh, that they would have a heart in them to let me be God, to let me show them how much I love them. That, God speaking, will get them through anything and everything. That, in the foolishness of God, the deer, the bird, the song, I don't know, the scripture, I don't know what it is, those things, all God causing us to know, go another minute, another day, another mile, to keep on going. He's everywhere and in all things so that we persist because he knows if we will continue in his strength, we cannot fail. And the enemy hates God and he hates the children of God. And so he does everything he can to try to bring discouragement, to try to bring frustration to try to cause an end. And so when we come, I, I don't know, you know, bless all the churches around, you know, God bless all the churches, but I'll tell you, I, we are so not into a program. I know we try to respect your time, but we are so desperate for God to show himself strong in your life, in our lives, for, for God to have his way, for God to take the, the agenda, for God to take the schedule, that he would become real, that we would grow, that we would, something happens when we know the reality of God and we're not afraid of him, is that we run towards him. Instead of away from him, we trust him. And so we know he's a good, good father and he has good things for us even though we may not like what he's telling us. And by virtue of that, we, we will grow and we will be transformed and we will be made new and we will go from glory to glory rather than stay where we are or pedal backwards. How many of you like pedaling backwards? You know, we went somewhere a few years ago and I was in this little boat and, you know, trying to, or and dude, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, I am like about to scream right now. I'm like going in circles. I don't know how to go forward. Boat, go forward. Some people's lives are like that, right? And sometimes it feels like that. We're just, you know, you're in a canoe and you're trying to, between the, you know, the current and not knowing what the heck you're doing, right? Hallelujah for God. Thank you, Jesus. So I, I'm so grateful for, you know, Sunday school people who would do that who would go the mile and imagine that, like get a word. You know, how many times, you know, we, we do that. We see that person on the street and 
I always say that, you know, people are standing there looking for coins or whatnot. I always think, you know, and I know you've heard me say this before, but I don't ever want my heart to be hardened to the things I see. I don't ever want God to help me to look, you know, to turn away from the pain that God sees and that, you know, is burning in his heart. And so I have to say, you know, I always say this, if they got the guts to stand on the corner, it's not my job to judge whether you're clothed well or whether you're, you know, whether you're telling me the truth or not. I want to keep, I want to keep a, a contrite, gentle, pure heart, and I'm not going to judge. So if I got it fast enough, you know, sometimes they're like, you're coming off the highway. And you're like, anybody got change? Throw some change. <laughs> Don't knock them out, but throw change out the window. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So I really believe what the Lord wants to do today is, um, thank you, Lord, is just this idea. We are celebrating tonight, hallelujah, Sukkot is the first night feast of tabernacles and yay and it is a time hallelujah of of rejoicing it's a time of celebration take a good look friends at who you were when you got called into this life i don't see i'm not saying this i don't see many of the brightest and the best among you not many influential you might say, I beg your pardon. Not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses? Chose, he chose these nobodies. See, I'm in good company. Now, I know that's not our confession. But sometimes our head tilts when we go, it's in the book. God's trying to get a point across. Amen. He chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. That makes it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right thinking and right living, a clean slate as we just come through the days of awe yes. and we celebrate the new year, Rosh Hashanah, and we go through the 10 days of awe, the introspection, we had a time of fasting and prayer, and it ends with Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, the day of sealing. I mean, when we look at this, and you might say, you know, I'm not Old Testament, I'm, I, maybe I'm Jewish, but I don't follow all these rites. I, I'm amazed, you know, as, as we sit here and God beats the drum of justice, how he is a God of detail, how he is a God of absoluteness. And as we sit here and maybe listen to his voice in a drum and, and read things, you know, on a page, we, we allow the bigness of who he is rise in our hearts. We allow the definitiveness of who he is. You know, I was praying a prayer and I'm going to finish this, but I was praying a prayer. Thank God for the word of God that is in us. Thank God for the time that we spend in the word of God that speaks to us when we need it. Now, I was sitting by myself the other day and there's something in my life that I'm believing God for. And I was about to write a text. And my text was anything but faith. And I sat there and said, Lord, you know, I didn't even say, Lord, should I send this? He definitely intercepted me. <laughs> and said to me, this is not faith. Is this what you believe? Is this what you want? Before you hit the send button, 
is this the outcome that you are looking for? Thank God, in moments like that, when God, the scripture tells us, God uses the foolishness of men's preaching to confound the wise because he believes in the power of who he is and the power of his word to change your life and my life and the situations that we are facing. And he is moving heaven and earth on our behalf so that we would align so that we would align. And so there's a definitiveness. You know, keep it simple, man. Lots of teachings out there, great anointed teachings, but we gotta keep it simple so that it's relevant and it applies. And if there's one principle that you are locking onto, that you are working on, that one principle can take you for a year and it can change everything in your life rather than heaping it up and heaping it up and heaping it up and never letting it actually get into your heart so it gets into your mouth, so it gets into your life. Because just like God created in the book of Genesis, it's foolish, isn't it? Did you notice that when Pastor Jess, I wish I could remember the words, you said something and all of a sudden, you, you prophesied it, the presence of God went, Phew. the foolishness of being able to speak words, English words that came from the heart of God that have intent and purpose attached to them. They're like an arrow. And when they go because they came from God, they go not falling to the ground, but hitting the mark and changing everything if we will let them. Come on. The foolishness of preaching, maybe, maybe I want to take these beads off and throw them on the ground because they are, you know, a little noisy and a little annoying. But, and I might just do that. <laughs> but let me come up and rip them off, you know. But the foolishness of what's before us, we can't get lost in all of that. We can't get distracted in all of that that we allow it to take away from the power of the word of God. That's what pastor's talking about. He said it was relevant when God said it in the beginning. It's God's words. It's still God's words. If I go to school and I pass in grade six and I move to grade seven, that doesn't mean all of grade six was wrong and that it's irrelevant. It just means that we got it and we're growing and maturing and we're moving on to greater things. It does not mean that grade six is junk just because I graduated. It means there was stuff there. I'm not going to stay in grade six for the rest of my life. That's right. Hallelujah. I promise you, I passed grade six. And so he goes on to say this. He says, that makes it. Thank you, Lord, that you're here. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you're helping us to know above all else that when you speak to us, God, we can take that word and we can stand on it. And we can draw the strength that is inside of that word to continue to the end. 
You know, Pastor and I was telling the students, LCSM students, Pastor and I went and sat on a picnic table this week and I just pulled out some old notes in my phone, things that God had said to us and I just said, you know, I was just reading them and he's like, where'd you get all that stuff? And I'm like, that's from a way past time where we were praying about something and these are just things that I logged and documented and I'm just reading them. I'm telling you, we got, got back on the bike and we're driving from Niagara on the lake home and I'm like, Oh, God's so good. Words from years ago that still have life inside of them. Hallelujah. His word will not return void. Hallelujah. He's powerful. He's mighty. His kingdom is powerful. There's no end, the Bible says, to his kingdom. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass but his word will remain. Don't you want to take me home with you? You know, when you're in the middle of something, you're like, preach at me. That's what we need to do. David said, I encouraged myself in the Lord. Hallelujah. We got to stop looking at people. Stop looking at our deficiencies and keep our eyes on him. Keep our eyes on him. If he promised you, oh, he is not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that he would lie. Come on, let that settle. Come on, you got a promise from God this morning. You got a promise for your body. You got a promise for your finances. You got a promise for your children. He is not, doesn't matter what the enemy says. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what other people experience. It doesn't matter what the news tells us. It doesn't matter what the doctors say. God bless them all. But what matters is what God says. What matters is what God says. What matters is what God says. And it will come to pass. It's not our job to wonder when. It's not our job to wonder how. It's our job to look at the birds and the deer and Everything, as I said, that you can to make him real. Make him real. That's your job. You make him real in your life. He goes on to say that makes it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right thinking, right living, a clean slate, a fresh start, comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. That's why we have the saying, if you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. Hallelujah. Today is Sukkot. It's the Feast of Tabernacles or booths. And what it is, is it is a joyous celebration. God said, celebrate and remember. Celebrate and remember the past and celebrate the harvest of today and celebrate and say and give thanks and pray and give so you have harvest for the future. Today is a celebration. Remember, God's a God of detail. Hallelujah. He said this. Thank you, Lord. Remembering 40 years. Assemble the people, God says. Assemble the people. Gather them. It's funny how we think these things are not important, isn't it? It's not so much about the thing. You know, it's like you going somewhere and you, you maybe, 
I don't know, you pick a flower and you dry the flower and you're like, how am I dry the flower? And every time I see this flower, it's going to remind me of the first date that went on with my, you know, I'm not like that so much, but some people are. <laughs> not so much. Sorry. I wish I was. God wants us to do these things. Not so much about the... We've we gotten off on the clean the cup, outside cup, inside cup, this, this long, this high, this wide. And we forgot that a lot of it is just God trying to get a message. Right? He's just trying to get a message. He's just trying to get through to us. You know, I remember standing in Israel and I remember thinking, you know, you hear sheep and Mark 4 for years, pastor. And then I'm standing in Israel one day and I'm like, oh my gosh. Duh. I get it. Like sheep. Jesus would have been here. David. and You know, they're tending sheep. Wow. And you stand there for a moment and you're like, you're real God. I get it. I get it. Moments like that in your life and mind that make him so close and so intimate and so real. But you know what? Just like he asked the Jewish people at this time to do these things, it's their job. When he said celebrate, he said, make it important. Treat it like it's really important. And do everything you can to remember it. Just like when he says about communion, he says, do this, remember, remember. What does it look like in your life to remember something? Sometimes it means reenact it. Relive it. Did you ever do that? You need a healing and you lock yourself up in your closet and people are like, oh, no, we live beyond the cross. Don't go back. Oh, you know what? The cross has to be real to you. What Jesus did has to be real. And you got to do whatever you got to do to make it real. And if you're going to stand off in the distance and watch the one you love beaten to a pulp so you didn't have to be, so you could walk in healing, if that's what it takes, you're right, we're living on this side of the cross. But our job is to make it real. Our job is to remember. Our job is to make him and these things important. He says this, gather the people. This is Father God. This is Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, of everything that is in the earth. Your Father, who loves you, who through the price that Jesus paid determined, even though the scripture says you're a nobody, that you're a somebody. You get it. He says, gather them so that they can hear and that they can learn about me. And be careful then to do, to act, to respond on the way that I think, on the words that I speak, on the instructions that I give. In Deuteronomy 16, he tells him to celebrate, to take part, like I said, to make it important, to, to mark it, 
to keep it, to honor it, to remember it, to rehearse it. He says that you will hold a festival for the Lord your God seven days. So starting tonight for seven days, if they are Jewish people who are following the customs, they will be doing this over the next seven days. Party! They'll be partying. They'll be celebrating with a purpose, with an intention to remember, to rehearse what he did for 40 years, the miracles, the manna, and the quail, and Aaron's rod that budded, and water that was bitter, made sweet, so could be drinkable, water from a rock, the parting of the Red Sea, and a whole army drowning Miracle after miracle after miracle of a God who loves, of a God just like those drums that beat this morning, will stop at nothing to keep his promise, to keep his word. Deuteronomy says, hold the festival for seven days in the place that God will choose. Hmm. Can I just, can I just, can I just stay home? Can I just, I like it here, I don't like it here. God chooses. God chooses. And if we stop kicking and screaming, let the birds speak and let him become real, we actually get to the place where he knows best. We believe he knows best. Come on, this is what it's all about. Come on, this is about, this is what Christianity is all about. It's what so many struggle with. Come on, it's what, it's, 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 and, and it's changing. And it has to change. It has to change. We, we have to grow. We have to believe what he says. We have to elevate him. We have to lift him up. We have to lift up his word. We have to let him be God. We have to let the world see that we believe, that we're convinced, that we're fully persuaded. I'm not saying you're not going to go through things. There's markers in our lives, in my life, where God became more and more and more real to me. But that was me and him. I walked this out maybe beside all of you, but it was me and him walking it out. I remember the day we were brand new Christians and Pastor Alex got pneumonia. I remember going to the hospital and I remember our pastor coming in. I remember him praying and I remember Pastor Ian and I decided, well, if that's what the book says, if that's what God says, then that's it. Now he's in the hospital. We had just seen x-rays. His x-rays, his lungs are full. And we just determined in our heart we prayed, and that's it. It says the prayer of faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. Amen. I'm not telling you to do this, but that was something that we needed to do. What did it look like in our life to make him real? What did it look like to, I sing this to Livy, put one foot in front of the other. Moment by moment by moment in your life, making him real so that when he speaks, you go closer rather than more, rather than farther away. He says, 
Go to the place that I will choose, for the Lord your God will bless all of your crops and all of your undertakings, and you will have nothing but joy. People who think God doesn't like to have fun, just what some people call fun is not fun. People getting hurt and, you know, that's not fun. <laughs> Hurting people, it's not fun. Waking up in somebody else's bed in the morning, it's not fun. Sleeping with somebody else's, you know, husband or wife, that's not fun. Maybe it's fun for you, but it's not fun for the one that hears about it. It's not fun for the person who's, you know, had their child, sorry, I know I'm, I'm being a killjoy right now, but, you know, hit by a drunk driver. That's just not fun. It's just not fun. It's not fun having your child be bullied in school. It's just not fun. Sin is not fun. And we live in a world where, you know, Christians are struggling because they just want to have fun. I just want to be me, and I just want to have fun. I, I'm, you know, sorry. I don't know where that came from. Ah, God is fun. Turn to somebody and say that. He's fun. You, I just read it to you. He wants us to have joy. He wants us to celebrate. Come on, he's a God that owns the earth and everything in it. It's time for the church. Hallelujah. Let's see some mortgages paid. Let's see some debts canceled. Let's see some of those nice cars. And come on, nice boats and nice houses. Come on, we can't be afraid of all the goodness. We can't let it have us. But we can't be afraid of it because people will judge us. Because you know what happens when you're afraid of people judging you for what you have is you yoke yourself to those people who are jealous of you and limited and you get what they get. You get what they get. Now, you know, I don't want a big house because I feel like I don't want a whole bunch of empty rooms in my house. I want what I want, but I don't need a 10,000 square foot house. I think 2,500, 3,000 square feet is good. Is that going to change when I'm a billionaire? No. I'm me. I've dealt with the money thing. How about you? I dealt with the fun thing. How about you? Come on. Let's make it real. Come on. We got to make it real. Hallelujah. And then we can grow. Anybody want to grow? Anybody want to move forward, move off some of these things? As long as you sit on a lie, you stop growing. I'm telling you the truth this morning. If you receive it and believe it in the name of Jesus, you're going to move off it and grow. You're going to have to make a decision. Jesus is fun. What did the preacher say? I don't know. Jesus is fun. Let's go celebrate. That's good news. Hallelujah. Woo! Am I done? For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Don't envy the world. Don't envy what they have. Don't. Don't look at their cars. Don't look at their stuff. Unless you're like, oh, yeah, I like that car. I'll have that too, Lord. <laughs> but don't get mad at them and think, oh, they must be doing something really bad. Oh, all their kids must hate their guts, you know. That's how they got it. 
they forfeited their family. No, don't go there. Right, don't go there. Don't, don't stoop to that level. Keep your eyes on Jesus. It says, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us, there's good news coming, who are, who are being saved. It is the power of God. He says, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligence, I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Give us eyes to see, God, what you see. I don't want somebody else's husband. Give me eyes to see, God, that wrong thinking. Come on, it's thinking, our thinking. We've got to get our thinking in order. Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For, the, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. <clears throat> God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. God doesn't think like them. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, say, I'm called. I'm, called. I'm chosen, I'm chosen. By, God. by God. Both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. Selah. Selah. You know, how is it possible, God, you want me to, you know, work my job three days and give two days to the church? I have three kids, God, don't you know? And, and a mortgage and bills to pay. Uh, the foolishness of God, I'm not saying that's what he's telling you. It's what he told us. The foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. He's stretching us and pushing us to believe things that are in the natural unbelievable. Because the wisdom of men says that's not possible. But what does the wisdom of men say? The wisdom of men is foolishness to God because the wisdom of men says, go get job and then another job and then another job so that you drop dead. And that's fun. Yeah, whoa, come on. That's foolishness to God. And so sometimes when he, when he encourages you to, you know, give a little more, stretch a little more, do a little more, we, we live in these little tiny, oh, no, God, like, I'm so tired. I'm so, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I really don't mean to be mean. <laughs> I'm just using the, I felt all these things. This is me. I'm mocking me. But he wants us to grow. And it's real. I'm not saying that it's not real. It's so real. Yeah. I've had my little, you know, I'm, a, I'm about, it's about to be called a pity party. Okay, stop. <laughs> Keith Moore said that self-pity releases the hordes of hell yeah. right. against you. Yeah, yeah. say not me. Not me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, brothers and sisters, think of what you were, were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God 
has chosen the foolish things of this world to shame or to confuse the wise. God chose the weak things, bug, of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and he despised things and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us the wisdom of God. Think about it the day that Jesus is walking with his disciples. And he what? He's hungry. He sees a fig tree far off. His belly's grumbling. He wants figs. Walks up to it. Speaks. Holy cow. Walks away. Faith. Working. And goes on to do other things for the Father. He said, I only do the things. I've ever, ever thought about that. I thought about that. I think, you know, a lot of times we want to be our own people. Am I getting in your business today? I am so something. I'm not sorry. No sorrow. I'm not going to pass around. You should be happy for that. I'm not passing around any sorrow this morning. Think about Jesus, who's, you know, he's walking around and he's, he releases his faith on something. Because how many of you know there's no fear in him? There's no doubt in him. There's no unbelief in him. And so he speaks to the tree, which is part of what we see in Genesis. It's what we're talking about. It's what we're learning. It's how faith interacts in this earth, right? Get God's word in our eyes. Get it in our ears so that it lodges in our heart. We have understanding. Once we understand it, Joshua tells us, when we, when we remember it, and we remember it, and we rehearse it, and we rehearse it, and we rehearse what God says, and we rehearse what God says, and we do the do's to be responsible to remember it, eventually, that word will give us some kind of a response. We will react. It's like with Alex. You know, we get prayer, this is what the word says, so we're like, okay. We're going. We're out of here. Where's the doctor? Sign the papers. He's healed. And wouldn't you know it? Like the minute he's like fever gone, things turn around, prayer happens. We're like, cool. Yeah, let's go. Look at our faith. Awesome. Then, you know, you sign the paper. The nurse comes in. She ain't too happy. Fever spikes. And she's like, what are you doing? Can't you see? You shouldn't be doing this to him. He's shivering, shaking. We're like, don't listen, don't listen. Keep walking. Just keep walking. You know that, that, that commercial that's like Ikea? It's, uh, start the car! You know. Run! They're after us! That's what it feels like, doesn't it? Come on, isn't that what it feels like? That's why it's better. You, you need to make sure who you're hanging out with believes like you do and is moving in your direction. Can I tell you that will alleviate a lot of problem in your life? Unless of course it's your husband or wife, then just keep on praying. Don't know what to tell you to do in that instance. Ah, glad it's not me. Hallelujah. God chose the foolish things of this world to confuse. So Jesus, hallelujah. Ah, are you good this morning? Living totally dependent on him. Seems foolish, doesn't it? But we believe in miracles. And that's how you get them. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Can I tell you this morning, as we went through, we went through Rosh Hashanah, and 
the days of awe, that time of introspection. Faith does not work in an unforgiving heart. When Jesus spoke to that tree, he didn't have any doubt, he didn't have fear, he didn't have unbelief. And that, that tree responded to the words that he spoke. And when he kept on going, the disciples didn't know what happened then, but he knew. He knew there was power in a life that was totally submitted to the Lord, to the Father, to his Father. He knew that it was just the wisdom, that it was just wisdom to train him to himself to say what God says rather than what he says because, hey, God's words get results and mine don't. Right. <laughs> Tilt, right? You're like, help me, God, I'm an extrovert. Help me to shut my mouth. His, his faith just kept on working while he went on to do other things. Amazing. You can pray for people and leave and don't move because it's in about you. And didn't we just read that today? It's not your wisdom. It's not who you are. It's not your accreditation. It's not the family you're born. It's who he is. That's the wisdom of God is looking, maybe doing the things of God, like Jesus speaking to a tree and they're like, oh dude, maybe we aren't going to follow you today. And, or speaking about, you know, eat my body and drink my blood. And they're like, see ya. This guy is a cult leader and we're out of here. How many of you know, you know, sometimes when you do things through what God would call wisdom, giving your money away when you need it, We gotta put pressure on ourselves. The highest form of life is a life that is totally dependent on God. Don't let anybody tell you any different. And I know the standard that, that the world gives us where it comes to that kind of stuff is so low. A lot of times we don't even see it demonstrated around us so we don't even know what it is. That's why we need to read our, read our Bibles. It's the life that Jesus lived. He just dared to believe that if he did everything his father told him to do, it wasn't a display of weakness. Yeah. Like he didn't know what to say or he didn't know what to do, but that was absolute wisdom and absolute strength. Amen. And how many of you know that people flocked around Jesus and everywhere he went, the Bible says he, he did good and healed all. Yeah. Is that your experience? I want it to be mine. Yeah. Healed all. But I'm certainly going to continue to lay my hands on people yeah. because if God says that believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover, right. then I'm going to keep doing what God says. Yeah. Not because of my inadequacy or my weakness, or my foolishness. I'm going to keep doing what he says because there's power in who? In him. There's power in what? In his words. There's power in a lifestyle that, is, that, that he directs and guides. It's, it's powerful to, to go to him and pray. It seems foolish, doesn't it? It seems foolish to be totally dependent on God. It seems foolish to pray about everything that you do. But not really. If he's the guy that lives in the future and he's the guy that knows everything... Why wouldn't we be? Do we think so highly of ourselves? Isn't that what the scripture said? We're humbling ourselves before God today so that he can have our way and we can see these miracles. It's time. And we got to keep the pressure on. You know, we finished fasting and prayer three days of it. But we got to keep the pressure on. You know how long you go? You go till you see what he said. You go till you see what he said. You go till you see what he said and you don't quit. In the name of Jesus, I'm bringing this to a close. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. John chapter 3 says, Jesus spoke. He sent Jesus who spoke his words and he gave him his spirit without measure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Psalm chapter 8 and verse 2 says this. Out of the mouths of babes, you establish your strength and you silence every enemy. Isn't it interesting how God's, I wrote this, the God of the universe displays his strength and his glory before his enemies through babies and through the weak. Come on. The God of the universe displays his strength through the weak. And I'm not saying be weak. The word of God makes us strong. Right. It's a life, a life that is weak is a life that is totally dependent on God. Amen? Covenant determines what we believe. And what we believe determines if we will be covenant people or not. Covenant determines who God is, how he thinks, what he's promised. He puts it out there. It determines what we believe. And what we believe determines whether we will remain faithful, whether we will be covenant people. Hallelujah. What we believe separates us from all of the rest. Don't try to be like the world. You're a champion before God. It will require of you. When you sell out for Jesus, it will require of you. Make no mistake about it. But it will bless your life. It will bless your life. He will bless your life if you let him. We succeed. Three things. And Jeremy, you can come on up. We succeed. When? Write these down in your brain. It's so we succeed when. That's a good thing to healed and remembering everything and strong. Yes. We succeed when God is the foundation of every endeavor of our, every endeavor of our lives. We succeed. Come on, we're not going doing our own thing. We're like, Lord, teach me. Wow, I, I can't believe it. I do all my own thing. I do everything I want, every do I, everything I think, everything I feel. God, teach me how to put the brakes on and teach me how to live this life like Jesus lived it where he was totally dependent on everything that you said and did everything you told him to do. He is the foundation of every endeavor. And when he is the foundation, then every endeavor becomes a successful one. We live totally dependent on him. Say, I live totally dependent. Are you all okay? I bless you I, in the name of Jesus. If I hurt anybody's feelings, love and joy and peace over you all in the name of Jesus. His word is our defense. The Bible says Jesus chooses, he chose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Out of the mouths of babes, right? His kingdom is preached. His, when his, Jesus said this when his disciples were newbies. And they knew nothing. He said, out of the mouths of babes, his young disciples, when they speak my word, God says, it silences every single enemy. That's where, in context, where that came from. And then, hallelujah, that's it. A life commissioned by the Spirit and totally dependent on God. Say that. My life, my life is a life, is a life that, is commissioned that is commissioned by Holy Spirit. By Holy Spirit. My, life my life is a life, is a life that is totally, that is totally, totally on, God. on God. Amen. I love you all.